Let's go into something very good. In fact, I call it what? ABCs of prayer. That's simple, yeah? ABC. Anyone who doesn't have know how to say A, B, C, D, E, F, G? <laughs> so that's ABCs of prayer. And there's a statement I made weeks ago, and now I revisit again. Because why I'm calling it ABCs? Because sometimes, if you're not careful, we can continue and continue and get complicated. And we forget the foundational uh, principles of prayer. I asked the Lord years ago, many years ago, I think that I remember that was in 2007. I asked him, Lord, why do you pray? He's all-knowing. We believe that? So why do you pray? Have you ever thought about that? Genuinely thought about why do you pray? Remember, he says even before you ask, he knows. So why would I ask? If you know what I need, why do I need to be asking? But look at this. And, and, and simply started taking me to some principles because I started thinking of all religions pray. Every religion really pray. They, they pray. And, 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 and even uh, if you start thinking, even the Satanists do something, what they call prayer. But then as believers, what is it that will actually distinguish us from those other people who say also they pray? And remember, they say they are praying to God. They say that. But, but then I started looking at the scriptures, and when you find that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God says, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. And then what follows next, he says, let them have dominion. He created, them on the, uh, he created them in his likeness and in his image, and he said, let them have dominion over the face of the sea, I mean, over the birds of the air, of every creeping thing, and over every thing, creature in the sea. So actually, when, he, when that word, he says, let them have dominion, and actually he's relinquished his right to operate on earth to man. He turned that over to man. So for whatever thing, for him to be able, oh, let me say this, and you remember Psalm 115, verse 116, that's not part of it, but I'm, I'm showing you some some ABCs of prayer. He says, the heaven of heavens belong to God, but he has given the earth to the children of men. So he gave man dominion. Just like, I can put it in this manner, if you sign, a seller, I mean, you sign an agreement, a lease agreement, with a, the, if you are a tenant and there is a landlord, and you've signed that lease agreement for that 10 years, and you have to keep that lease agreement, that for those 10 years, actually, you are supposed to be there for the landlord, really. If he knows the law, for them to be able to come into that facility, they have to ask for permission. They cannot just show up. You, you understand that? And on some, uh, I mean, don't think of the, the violation of laws in Kenya in, to some individuals. Not all of us violate. But I'm talking about how it's supposed to work. They have to ask for permission. The landlord has to be asked for permission for them to be able to come into the house. Though it's theirs, it's not. I had, a, I had a think it was the architect. Architect or the constructor was saying uh, something. I think that's when you're building those three, three classrooms. He says that the architect, architect will be talking to someone and say, that's my building, actually. 
That's the architect. And then the, con- the contractor who built, he said that that's actually my building. Now the owner also says, that's my building. Now there are people who say, I think he said four of them, they, they say that's my, and the other one is who? The tenant, you meet the tenant and say, that's my, that's my building up there. But who owns it? The earth and all its fullness belongs to God. Though he turned over the tenancy, so to speak, to man, that does not mean man owns it. In fact, is it, um, uh, what? Uh, the Bible says, that, I was looking for this scripture, but it can come up in my mind right now. But the earth and all its fullness belongs to God. So when he turned that dominion over to man, man was supposed to be, so to speak, since I'm talking about a building, was supposed to be a good tenant. But what did he do? He committed sin, and when he did that, the devil became now the God with a small g of this world. So look at this. For God, have you ever thought about this? I'm throwing my, some questions here, and then we'll go into some things from the scriptures. Have you ever thought about this, that God came to the Garden of Eden and asked, and, and, and asked Adam, where are you? Do you think that he was hiding that God couldn't see him? Have you ever thought about that? Where are you? Do you ever think God cannot be asking you where are you because he can see you? Have you, have you ever, can you ever do hide and seek with God? No, you can't. But in actual sense, if you think about it and look at the scriptures, he was asking him for his rightful, rightful position. He was no longer in his position. He was in a state of sin. He had already seen sin against God. So where are you? Where is your position? Where is the man that I created? He's no longer that way. He was in a state of sin. Now the devil became the God of this world. However, listen this. For God to be able to operate on this earth, since he turned over that to man, he must be, he must be invited by a man, and that's why we pray. We have to allow him to come. Why is that so? Think about this again. When God came, he wanted, uh, he wanted to come on earth to redeem man. He had also to get a, a window uh, or a, a door open for him to come, and that was through Abraham, through covenant. Uh, Abraham was ready to sacrifice his own son Isaac. And God, of course, Isaac's blood was not going to redeem anyone, could not even redeem a mosquito. Because that's the blood of sin. He is the son of Adam after the flesh. But then, when Jesus came, actually, have you ever thought about it when he asked Mary? Actually, the angel spoke all those words to Mary. And then, what did Mary say? Be it unto me according to your word. In other words, he said, come on now, you can do You can do your will. He could not enter into the world without the permission of man. That's the reason we pray. The will of God is available. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 89, the word, which is the will of God, is forever settled in heaven. But Jesus yet says this, that you pray that the will of God be done on earth even as it is in heaven. Listen this. We know the will of God is not in his full perfection on earth. We see all kind of things happening. However, as long as we are here at the church, 
I'm telling you, we are pushing the dark, darkness from entering as you should. As, the, the, as the, the darkness, I mean, the devil wants the, the darkness to operate on this earth. But the moment the church is raptured, it will be hell on earth. Just as gathering here in his name, there is power in our midst to do the work of the kingdom of God, and there is power to stop the, the will of the devil. In fact, Jesus said this, we are two of you. Just two of you are gathered in my name, in their midst, I am. Two of you. Now, if two of you are, agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done to you. Think about the power that there is. Just two of us. Just think about every day that you can have another believer. We are agreeing with concerning the will of God. And don't give up and keep going back to the word. The will of God shall be done through us. Let me encourage you tonight. Don't ever underestimate your prayers. You make sure always they are based on the word of God. But don't ever underestimate your prayers. And don't let the, don't let the devil fool you around that because you can't see it's not done. No true. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Because I don't see it, it does not mean it hasn't happened. In fact, it says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have, you have them, you've received them, and you shall have them. It's the time I'm praying, not when I see them. All right? Okay, then. That's the ABCs of prayer. At least could have gone, oh, 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 praise God, hallelujah. Now, let's go. So, prayer is not what makes faith work. I made that statement some weeks ago. I don't know if you remember that. Prayer is not what, uh, what makes faith work, but faith is what makes prayer work. Don't ever pray for faith. Faith doesn't come by praying. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't ever pray for faith. Oh, sister, we need to gather tonight and with the other four six sisters that we may pray for faith the whole night. Don't ever do that thing. You're wasting your time. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and by hear, hearing and hearing by the word of God. So prayer is not what makes faith work, but faith is what makes prayer work. Why? Faith comes from the word of God. You know, I like saying this way. I've, I've seen it more and it just blesses me. So I really want you to get it and meditate and meditate on it. All right? Don't just hear it and let it pass. But think about this. The word of God is filled with faith. The word of God is filled with faith. If the word of God was not filled with faith, you wouldn't receive any faith by receiving it. By hearing it, I mean by hearing it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God is filled with faith. But whose faith is that? It's God's faith. That is his word. Him and his word are one. I mean, if you want a drink, of course I want to drink also. Water. If there's no water in here, I wouldn't even quench my thirst. But because there is water in here, if I drink, hmm, that's nice. Um, if I drink, and I feel that I've drank water because this bottle is full of water. 
So think about the word of God is filled with faith. If there was no faith in that word of God, you didn't receive any by hearing it. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the way to increase in faith is to increase your word level. And of course, there are so many things com coming around there. There is the understanding and on and on and increasing in understanding. That's critical. Just like the statement that I have taken, if you meditate on it long enough, you'll be thrilled to hear the word of God all the time. And can I tell you, can I tell you what will happen? You will not be thrilled listening to news. Vetting. I'm sorry. <laughs> faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God when we have, listen to this when we have, we have the word of God active in our, heart, in our hearts then we can pray with confidence when we have the word of God active in our hearts then we can pray with confidence let's go to 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 15 there are ABCs of prayer and I'm getting excited teaching them Kindergarten level can be so good. What do you think, Misha? <laughs> You're not in kindergarten, definitely, I know that. But, but I'm, I'm telling you, you, you can be, because you start realizing the things that sometimes, if you're not careful, we run out, we go a certain direction, and we leave out principles. Hey, there are spiritual laws just like there are physical laws. An example, gravity is a physical law. Where will you say, like, I'm running away from gravity? Where? I don't believe in gravity. It doesn't matter. Come out of the building, fifth floor, jump. You know gravity works all the time. It knows no color. It knows no, no height. It knows, it knows no gender. It worketh. Spiritual laws are that way. If we understand how to apply them in regarding the word of God, we will be successful. It doesn't matter gender. It doesn't matter whatever color. It doesn't matter where you came from. They will always work. Because laws always work when put in motion by faith. Now, now so listen to this. Let me say it again. So when we have the word of God active in our hearts, we can pray with confidence. Because we've just come, I'm talking about ABCs of prayer. In other words, we went down to elementary school. <laughs> ABCs of prayer. So 1 John 5, 14 to 15. Let's see if you have it there. Now this is the confidence. Look at this. Let's look at this together. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. We have in God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. His will, he hears us. Uh, it's it's uh, kindergarten level, so we, we're not running. ABC is all. Now, look at this. Now, this is the con So, we hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Let's go to the next one, please. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. That is what? That is confidence. Go back to that verse 14. That is confidence. So we, if we ask, this is the confidence that we have in him. Let me see what the Amplifier says, a classic. <clears throat> you also got it. I don't think I remember what the Amplifier classic says. And this is the confidence, look at this, exactly. And this is the confidence 
the assurance. What does that remind you of? Yeah, saying it like you know, it's faith. That's exactly it's assurance. I don't have any gift, but that's fine. <laughs> and this is the confidence that's actually reminds us of what faith, the privilege of boldness, which we have in Him. We are sure. Do you want your prayer to be that way? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm. That if we ask anything, that make any request according to his will, listen to this. His will, what he says, his agreement with his own, in agreement with his own plan. What is that? That's the word. That's the word. That's the word. He listens and hears us. That's the word, church. In agreement with his plan. What is God's will? His word is his will. His word is his will. So if we, the more we have the word of God inside of us, the more we are sure that his will is indwelling us. No wonder he says in Colossians 3.16, he says that let the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and understanding. Oh, I'm getting excited. Now look at this verse 15. And if since... We positively know. Are you seeing that? I mean, that's no wondering there. Do you know what is bringing that confidence? Do you know that is bringing that assurance? Is the word of God. Listen to people. I mean, don't go walking that way, you know, as a, as a spiritual thermometer. But listen to people who don't have the word of God. They wonder. They wonder. And, and much of what is spread is unbelief. They wonder. But people who have the word of God are simple even in our prayers. No wonder he says, don't repeat. Don't have vain repetitions. Vain repetitions is when you don't know. Have you ever been to a meeting and you didn't know what to say? And you asked a question? Have you noticed how many are in that conversation? If you're recording, ah, ah. That is buying time. We just don't know. But have you been in a meeting that you know exactly what to say? And you are asked, in fact, sometimes you're just looking down as if you don't have an answer. And you hear like, Leah, say, uh, let me tell you something. People say, she could have spoken all this time. We could, this meeting could have ended. We have had a lot of, ah. That's the confidence you have when you know things. That's the confidence we have when we know the will of God. We lis- he listens to us in whatever we ask. We also know with the settled and absolute knowledge. I thought you were going to shout there. It's Wednesday morning just before Mashuja Day. <laughs> absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the request made of him. Now I'm going to make a statement there in, in just to emphasize there. When we have the word of God active in our hearts, we can pray with confidence. In essence, we can pray with faith. We can pray with faith. Amen? Now then, we know what the will of God is. The will of God is the word of God. Don't please get mixed up concerning the will, what is the will of God. The will of God is the word of God. Know the will. 
you know the word, you have the will. Let me read several versions, different Bible versions from John 15, 7. Emphasizing that, John 15, 7. We know what the will of God is. The will of God is the word of God. John 15, 7. Listen to this, the New King James Version says, If you abide in me, we know it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you do what? Don't forget that. What you do what? Desire. Do you know whose desires those are now? God's desires, you are abiding in him, you have his desires. Not your desires anymore, you've been sold out. It's no longer your desire. You abide in the word of God, you start realizing that there is an awakening of some desires that you didn't know before. Who are these? Only, listen to this, it becomes so real inside of you, all what I want to do is God's will. It's God's will. If you abide, if you abide in me, Jesus says, and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Listen to what the Passion Translation says. But if you live in life union, whew, just walking with him, in life union, if you live in life union with me, and my words live what? Powerfully. Powerfully. Remember I said if we allow the word of God to be actively in our hearts, what will happen is this. We know, we have confidence in prayer. We say, devil, I stop your works in the name of Jesus. That will not happen. This will not happen, devil. Instead of just devil, no, please, no. No, there's no way you'll pray that way. You're not a victim. What makes men bold? The word. The word and the spirit. He says this, that if you live in life union, he says now, you no longer have your own life. You have life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within, within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. That's the confidence. Can you think an Old Testament prophet just, just standing and they say, there will be no rain nor dew except by my word. And then he put the keys in his pocket and left. For three and a half years, uh, Elijah had the key. Don't you know that there are also people who are praying? But the key had one, one man had the key. Oh, who was it? Was it, was it my? Was it Johanny who said? Or was it I was talking to my sister? He said, "I don't know if uh, someone locked the, the rain or something." I said, "No, we all have the keys now of the kingdom. There's <laughs> not one person now." Now Jesus said, "Now I give you the keys of the kingdom." Now it wasn't one person, but I like you had the key for three and a half years. Until Ahab shows up and says, you who trouble Israel. The trouble of Israel. I say, it's you and your father's house who trouble Israel. He said, now call all those false prophets. Let's meet up there. And he met and did all the sacrifices. And he knelt down. And the Bible says, and that same time, actually, it rained. But for three and a half years, he locked, he shut the heavens. So don't look at him running from Jezebel. 
see the tremendous work that he did in bringing a revival by taking the key. Uh, yeah, I think I was talking to my sister, and then say, yeah, but... Now, now, she said, yeah, it's not raining. I mean, it's, it's dry all over. And I said, it's not all over. I was just talking to someone from Kakamega and said, it's been raining. Now, it not, does not mean that the sugars and all those people are more righteous than us who live here in Nairobi. You see what I'm saying? Is it raining in Eldoret? No, not... No, not, but is it here? You, you see it's drier than Eldoret? Definitely Nairobi is dry. But it rains there, you, you know, you, you, places like, it's Kakamega, I was being told actually. This, I was being told last evening of Kisi that they say it's raining almost every day. Now you think Kisi is, people living in Kisi are more righteous than us? That high level of witchcraft sometimes that you hear. <laughs> They're more righteous than us. You, you understand that? But you know what? We need to ask the Lord for the rains. Can you lift up our hands and ask the Lord for the rains? Father, in the name of Jesus, we are your people and you have called us by your name. You said if your people who are called by your name, they humble themselves and pray and turn their, from their wicked ways, you'll hear from heaven and, and pour out the rains and, and make it rain in our land. Father, we are asking you. We are your people and we ask you for the forgiveness of our sins. All this nation, all over this nation, Father. And we pray, we ask you for the rain. Father, through your mercy and your grace, we ask you for the rains and we open the heavens in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. I love the rains. I really enjoy rains. Okay. So look at this in, in the amplified classic version of the same, John 15, 17. It says, but if you live with me, abide vit vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Now look at this. Look at this. How critical for every prayer to live by the word. It's critical. We'll have answers to prayers so quick. If we are abiding, we are conscious of the living word of God on a daily basis. Do you know what that means? We will be led by the Holy Spirit even in our praying. Do you know what that means also? We'll have utterances of the Holy Spirit because we are living by the word. That's important. So I'll say this authoritatively. One cannot be a believer. In fact, I'd written something like that. Let's see if I, I, can, I can say so that I don't repeat it later again. A true believer of the word is a person of prayer. A true believer of the word is a person of prayer. One cannot say, I am in the word, and they don't pray. Their lives become a life of prayer. In fact, the, the thoughts, many times, you, you start realizing that your thoughts are being lifted up to God in prayer. Why? You're joy in his presence. You see what I'm saying? So look at this. 
to increase, actually, in our effectiveness is to increase in the world. In the world. And abiding in the world. And can I emphasize another thing? And be doers of the world. We become so dangerous, so to speak, to the kingdom of darkness. When we are doers of the word of God. God does not do anything on earth before he speaks to someone. In fact, that's the way he operates. He does not do anything before he speaks. He speaks fast before it happens. By the way, we are created in our image and in, our like, in, his, in his image and in his likeness. Do you know actually mostly you don't do anything without, do, without speaking it first? Huh? Yeah. Did you just find yourself in prayer? And you're just, what? Did I come over here? What am I doing here? And who's this in front of me? <laughs> Have you ever had dreams like those? You know, you're in a dream and you, you're still in a dream and thinking like, well, what am I doing here? But you are there. I've had dreams. Have you ever had dreams like that? You should not have regularly dreams like those. You know? <laughs> but, but you're in a dream and it's like, what am I doing here, by the way? I'm supposed to be somewhere else. <laughs> I've literally dreamt, I don't remember when, but I've literally dreamt like, um, I'm supposed to be awake, but I'm sleepy. <laughs> Anyone? Seriously? Serious, I think that's the time you wanted to wake up at some time, but you didn't wake up. But you think like, I need to finish a certain task. And, and you're, you're still in a dream and you're dreaming. I'm supposed to be awake, but I'm asleep. Anyone who's ever dreamed that day? Yeah, Miss Ruth, you all are lying in church. <laughs> I'm supposed to be awake, and I'm still sleeping. What's happening? <laughs> a true believer of the word of God. A true believer of the word is a person of prayer. So if you talk about word church, we need to speak of prayer church. Word and the spirit. The word and prayer. Prayer actually is an activation of that word by the spirit of God. The word spoken by faith to believers, uh, to God by believers. All right, so then, what do we pray? I'm talking of ABCs of, 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 of prayer. What do we pray? We pray the promises of God. Do we agree? If it wasn't a promise, why would you pray? God, you know, you said, you say, you say, you said, if my people. You say, that's, that's a promise right there from the word of God. That's why I say, if my people. He said that. So we pray the promises of God. And therefore, if I don't know the promise, I cannot pray a prayer of faith. We pray the promises of God. Because, so if I don't know the promise, I can't pray that prayer of faith. But if I know the promise, I can pray. Hey, if I call you, you know, like Patrick, and I say, hey, man, you need to give me that man you said you'll give to me. It's because you promised. Is it a time for me to have that money? And, but if you never promise me and I call you and say, you need to give me that money that I'm supposed to say, maybe because I'm a pastor, you'll say, maybe pastors speak in faith, but... I really don't agree. Did I ever promise you, man? But what about if another person calls you and they say, you know, you need to give me the money that you're supposed to, have to give to me. I say, what do you mean by that? I say, but you are, I say, never promise you that. So listen to this. We have to know the promises so that our conversation is right. 
And here, since you're talking of prayer, so that our prayer is accurate when you know the promise. Remember what I said on Sunday? God not only promised, but is able to fulfill the promise. I like that. As if I, if I you know, you, you told me, Maurice, like, uh, a pastor, by this coming Friday, I'll be giving you 15 million. Then I'll tell, I'll tell, go tell my wife, or let's say 100 million shillings. And then I tell Tina, I say, you know, Maurice actually told me that, and you are becoming richer. Uh, what do you mean by Maurice said by f- Friday, that is after um, Mashujadi is going to give us 100 million shillings. Tina said, does he have it? <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's, it's important to know if he has it. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that, I've seen that, and I've seen that in the ministry. People wrote checks that they, didn't, they couldn't keep. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, really, I have. I mean, millions of shillings, and they couldn't keep. And none of them, just they're as good as paper. Seriously. And then I had, uh, I think as it, Dr. Jerry Savella, I had him say, there's a certain man who came to their meeting, and he gave them actually a check, I think was it a, a many years ago. I think $10,000 then or $1 million and gave them a check. And, and they got excited. And uh, so I said, why don't you check out with the bank? And they called the bank and said, please don't own. We don't own that check of that money. You know, the first one he's done to the preachers. He's given several script, uh, preachers such checks. He doesn't have any money. <laughs> so it's not only being promised, but is the person able to keep the promise? That's critical. But God, not only has he promised, but is able to keep the promise. Oh, that's exciting. So do you know what that means? If I see the promise, sure, I can rejoice. Why? He has promised because he's promised and I dwell in his word and I look at that promise over and over again, meditate on that promise until it becomes a reality in me. What is becoming a reality in me? It it brings the substance of the thing that I'm hoping for. What is that substance? Faith. When that is inside of me, then I know. I know I have what? The assurance. I have what? The confidence. I am persuaded that he's able, not only as he promised, but he's being fulfilled in my life. Let me say something here. There is enough faith in every promise of God. There is enough faith in every promise of God to cause it to, cause it to, come, true, uh, to come true in your life. Is that English? There's enough faith in every promise of God to cause it to come true in your life. Enough faith in every promise of God. Enough faith. Listen, you want me to say it again? There's enough faith in every promise of God to cause it to come true in your life. Enough faith in every promise of God. Think about this. We all, even the whole world today, 
Those who are not born again, billions of people, go to Romans 10, 9 and proclaim it and believe it. The world still will still have faith and that promise will be fulfilled. Why? There is enough faith in every promise of God to come true or to be true in your life. So what do we need to do? We need again to know what was this promise. What has he said in his word? Now look at this. So therefore if I don't know the promise, I cannot pray a prayer of faith. But I can pray a prayer of faith if I know what the promise says. His promises are his word. Don't ever forget that. Hey, if I say, Leah, by tomorrow evening we'll be sending uh, 100,000 shillings in, into your account. You see, that's my word. God gave us his promises. And he put them, that's his word. So when he say, it's there. But not only that, but there's enough faith. In other words, you can trust that promise. And it will be exactly so. I remember a certain man years ago again, so many years ago. Uh, I was here hiring a vehicle uh, for Tina and I to travel. And said, oh, let me go get it, that vehicle. And then, so I knew that he used to have a vehicle, so I called him and I said, uh, uh, let me ask you something, sir. Uh, so where can I get a vehicle? I want to travel for some few days and I need such and such a vehicle. He said, no, actually, I haven't done that for a long time. I said, so when do you need it? From such and such a day to such and such those are years ago, over 15 years ago. And, and then uh, he said, uh, no, um, uh, really, I haven't done it for some time, so I don't know. But uh, before you hang up, do this. F go check out, find the vehicle, and uh, when you find whatever the price is, and for the days that you are hiring it for, I'll pay for it. Oh, my goodness, I got excited. I remember where I was at Mdaiga, the old Mdaiga, you know, roundabout there, and I was driving. I got so excited. I was so excited. And I had the Lord say this to me. I wish you'd be so excited concerning my promises as you are excited concerning the promise of this man. This man can, can even die. Or can decide not to keep his promise, and he'll tell you this is what happened. But I keep my promises. I said, oh, God. Got the vehicle told him the number of days and he paid it in cash. You know, if you're traveling and you have your budget and someone comes in and tells you, like, I'm going to take care of all that, do you all get excited or you don't know? It's, it's never happened. So say it will be my, I'll be the next one. <laughs> if it's never happened, say I'll be the next one. I remember years ago. Years ago, it's a long story. Years ago, I think that's maybe 2011 or so. Or 2010, I was thinking, okay, I had an emergency I needed to go down to Mombasa for something family, uh, to do with family. And then uh, I told Tina, I'm so excited because I don't have to drive to Mombasa because I'm going to stay there for two days. Uh, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to board uh, the bus, you know, a bus. I'm going to get like modern you know, whatever it is, VVAP or something like that. And I have all these messages. I've downloaded them on my phone. I just listen to the messages the whole night. And I stay in Mombasa two days. And then I drive. I come back the other night. And then, so, I was so excited. I was going to do that. I had my messages on, on phone. So then I, I told Pastor Wade, uh, I told Pastor, 
uh, such and such has happened as a family remember such and such situation here and I'll, I really desire to travel to Mombasa say it was on Sunday he told me so how are you traveling I said oh I've said myself I want to travel by bus he said oh no Davis man you'll be so tired you've been working I say go check out how much is the flight and then I'll, I'll make arrangements you'll, you, I'll pay that for you man I became taller <laughs> Good. I went that afternoon. Those days you didn't do so much online like you do now. I drove to the airport. It was on a Sunday. And I went and booked my tickets for Monday morning. And I came back to Altina tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no longer 10 hours or so by bus. Does that happen to you? It just happens to me. You better be saying it's, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> all the time all the time oh I can give you so many testimonies regarding that but it's the promise what I'm talking about now pastor went gave the promise and he kept it you see, you see again that's why us believers don't talk about other people but us believers we ought to keep our promises that's critical because you become imitators of our father and therefore, look at this, look at this. Therefore, when we see the promise of God, because his nature has become our nature, we endeavor to keep whatever promise that we give. It becomes easy to believe his word. But if you never keep your promises, it becomes difficult. You see what I'm talking about? Oh, now we've all made mistakes. Anyone who has never made mistakes, we cast out a lying spirit. Or, but, but we have all, we've all made mistakes. But you know, that's very important then to be keepers of promises that we make. Can I emphasize another point here? Especially to our children. Especially fathers to your children. I tell, I tell parents this. Don't be telling your, your, your child, nitakuchapa. Nitakuchapa. Nikuja hapo nitakuchapa na umchapi. You was me nothing. You understand? If you say, you know you do that one more time and I'm going to give you a spunk. Do it. And a good parent? Now, let's, let's go to the promise. Are you the one who said nitakuchapa? authority. Second Peter one. Second Peter one. Do you know even parents, mothers, are, you, you need to be not to be saying like tungoje daddy, tungoje daddy. Can you? Where's your authority? My mom didn't have that time. That's how my dad was. So we, we didn't, my, my mom didn't have that time because we didn't know when the father is going to come back. Anyway, <laughs> he dealt, she dealt with you. Oh man, I remember one, one Sunday morning. We used not to go to church. I didn't care about church. But that Sunday morning, I felt I'd grown a little bit. And I, and I drew that fist and I hit a house help. Sure. That's the time I remember 
my mom whipping me well. I did with the house. On Sunday morning, she, she screamed. And my mom asked, asked what that. And I, she was told it was me. What beat in that house. Phew. I'm telling you, I remember going under her bed, bed and she was still under there. <laughs> and she was tiny. I mean, she was tiny. Uh, I tell Rita, Rita Gatota, I think my mom was even like tiny. I don't know, like how or something. But uh, I tell Nelly, Nelly, you know, stuff. I think my mom was that tiny. But I'm telling you, that woman could do the work. So, mom, don't say, I'll tunangoja daddy. You have what it takes. Second Peter 1, 2, 4. Second Peter 1, 2, 4. Talking about the promise. Oh, praise God. Are you seeing some ABCs? I hope you're getting some things. You know, don't remember the feast that I, 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 I gave to that house. You understand? God forgive me. So don't forget. Look at the promise. I'm talking about the promise. Look at this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Right there, church. As a person of prayer and a person of the word, we must know how to walk in the peace of God. And after having prayed. If you've prayed and you've released the prayer of faith, I'm telling you, your mind and your heart should be anchored on the Lord. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding should keep your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. But can I tell you something? If you still say, we need to pray for that situation, you need to pray for that situation, then you haven't released your faith. You are still wandering. And you haven't entered into God's rest. The way to know that it has been done is when you can enter into his rest. Let's go back to First John. We'll come back to the scripture. Let's go back to First John, that Amplified Classic Version, please, verse five, chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence. And this is the confidence. The assurance. The privilege of boldness. Which we have in him. For we are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will in agreement with his own plan, he listens and hears us. So if I know really, if I know he has listened and heard me, what, does it, what, what should be permeating out of me? Peace. Peace. And, and, and many times... Again, believers, if we don't develop in the renewing of our minds, we'll have so much anxiety and we don't really pray. We pray anxiety, we pray fear. We become fire brigade and we are not praying faith. You see what I'm saying? We're rushing into things. We're doing it because of fear. Please pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. So I get, a, I get amazed during, on the elections of Kenya I close. Not all of those prayers of faith. Much of it is fear of what has happened in the past. That's why I mean I get for us, you know, there's this prayer, there's this prayer over here, there's, they are praying for the nation. Ah, oh, man, I don't go into that. I don't wait until that time to pray. I pray for the nation. I can intensify my prayers then, but I don't wait for that time to, to start praying. 
In fact, more I'm looking for at that time is to hear the word of the Lord regarding that, the, the, the nation. You, you understand what I'm talking about? Uh, and, and we've seen that here. Have we? I mean, several times, those of you being here over the years, we've seen that we come close to the elections and you start hearing the Spirit of God say something and it always comes that way. Yeah. You remember in 2017 when uh, it looked like, you know, uh, the man was coming back tomorrow morning. You remember when he... he, he he helped take the oath of the other man, and they did the oath taking in. <laughs> in Uhuru Park. You remember that oath? And was it oath? What do you call it? Uh, whatever it is. It, uh, and and they, they did, and the man is coming tomorrow morning. If, you, if you're behind news, he's coming back tomorrow morning. From Canada, praise God. Hallelujah. But... <laughs> but... But do you remember when they did that and things looked so bad? Really, they looked so bad. I remember we kept coming here. And we had a few of us. And kept saying the word. And kept saying the word. And kept saying the word. Now, listen this. Listen this. I don't know everything. But I'm saying something here. I don't know everything. But to some extent, whatever it was meant for, that handshake did something to stop the will of the enemy. I don't know everything. I don't know everything again. And I'm, I'm not saying that says the Lord. But I think he did something, that handshake, to stop what was intended by the enemy. Okay. Let's go back. To, let me go to my scriptures. That's just <laughs> But my point is this, you don't listen to this, you don't wait. You live by the word. You don't wait in a time of crisis and try to get peace, you won't. You won't. Much of it will be crying, and I'm not talking about crying of faith. You'll be crying because you're under stress now. But you can, you can walk on a daily basis. Listen, the word is, is a seed. You keep sowing it in your heart. You keep sowing it in your heart. You keep saying it by faith. It's developing in your heart. In a time of crisis, you realize this. I have more peace. Even my prayers are full of peace. Than having even my tongues. You, you know there are tongues that are not of peace. Yanka yata bayola la 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 balolena. That's no peace. You understand that? That's no peace. <laughs> I think you've never been there. <laughs> confidence. Look at this. When you have confidence, go to verse 15. Verse 15. And if, and, and if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know that's, the word, that's that peace right there with the settled and absolute knowledge that we have, gra we have granted us as, as our present possessions, the request made of him. That's peace. That's peace, church. I'll say it, and if you're not being experiencing, you must have it. A life of a believer must be a life of peace. If you are not experiencing peace on a daily basis, I'm talking about the peace of God, the devil has been robbing from you. The life of a believer 
should be a life of peace. I didn't say anything concerning that there is no issues that you are dealing with at all, at all outside there. I didn't say that. But listen to this. The peace is within. The turmoil may be outside, but the turmoil do not get in you. Why? You are living in that realm of God. There might be things, difficult things you have to face on, outside here. That does not mean the devil will stop uh, uh, his attacks against you. No, no, no. They're there. But you'll sleep in the boat in the midst of a storm. Jesus demonstrated that. So if you're not living daily in that peace, the devil has been robbing from you. And that you, your faith becomes shaky if there is any, because you are not anchored on the author and finish of our faith, who's the prince of peace too. Those are the ABCs of faith, when, or ABCs of prayer. When you know that, and you know that, you know that he has answered your prayers, peace follows. We're coming to First Peter, back there to that First Peter. But let's go quickly, very familiar scripture, uh, to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> Alright, let's start from, let's read from the New King James Version, please. Let's start from verse, verse 4. <clears throat> it says, Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Always. You know how to do that? You can't do it all the word. You can't do it all the word. That I assure. But rejoice in the Lord always. And again, he repeats, and again I say rejoice. Oh my goodness, you can't do it with all the word. But when the word is inside of you, you focus on the word and you start. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's in the midst of a crisis. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to Until it comes out of your spirit. And you know what follows next? Peace. Peace. Let's go to the next one. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now I can say something since you are talking about prayer. If you're always agitated, then it means that you're not entered into that peace. You know, there are sour Christians. You've ever met with one? They're always agitated. Always agitated. That then they have not entered into. That has to be gentleness. Oh, I remember, again, uh, I remember years ago. Uh, oh, not years ago. Let me say the one for yesterday morning. You know, so that you may not say like, oh, he got delivered a long time ago. Let me give you for yesterday morning. I was driving in Worcesters in the morning, early before 8 o'clock. And there was a, then I left a gap a little bit in front of me. And there's a certain vehicle came, wanted to, to indicate and enter in front of me. Then I pressed the pedal, pedal harder, so I moved faster <laughs> to, close, to close that gap. Ah. Then I said, oh, God, forgive me for that selfishness. That's selfish. Right there. 
I felt, my goodness, that's selfish. Without even thinking, I was, and in the morning, I was, I was still hungry. I was, I was even, even going to the office. From there, I, I remember I was just in just worship until something happened. I was not gentle. I'm telling you, what really, what, what, what is it that I could have lost if I could have just stopped and him entered in front of me? But I guess I pressed that pedal. <laughs> And I closed that, that gap. And then, but when you had, went in front, he was coming, and I thought, that's my opportunity now to be gentle. I let him pass. I felt good about that. But I repented of selfishness. That was selfish. That was not gentle. Okay? Yesterday morning, okay, your pastor <laughs> got the next one, verse 6. Look at this. Be anxious. What? You believe that? You believe that's the living word of God? What's the, so what's, the, what's, your, what's your, your, your excuse for being anxious? For nothing, church. Nothing. And then he says this. And in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your Request, do you remember in 1 John chapter 5, we're talking about requests also. Let your request be made known to God. And if you really has, you have done that, and you've done this with faith, and you've done that with expectation, knowing that God keeps his promises, and it's impossible for him to lie, what follows next is verse 7, and the peace of God. When that has, is not complete, that peace doesn't happen. You must know, you must have it by revelation as a believer to walk in the peace of God. The world cannot give it, the world cannot take it away unless you allow the world to take it away from you. You must allow, not allow that peace not to be there. One of, let me say something there, is again, to experience that peace, you have to deal with your mind. You must renew your mind with God's word over and over and over again. You have to lie down and you're thinking, this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth. But I meditate on it. You think of it. Whatever things are true will go into that. But look at this. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Something that happens right there. The initial time, uh, years of, uh, of our marriage, you know, used to, to ask me, what are you thinking about this situation? Sweetheart, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. I'm not going to think about it. Anything. Thinking and thinking and thinking it does not give you a solution. In fact, let me tell you something. Thinking and thinking, you are thinking of the problem. You are not thinking about the solution. When you are dwelling on that situation, that over and over again, actually, you are thinking the problem until you flip over this other side and start thinking the word of God. That's when you've begun thinking of the solution. Oh, that's big. Don't ever forget that. When you are worrying, you are thinking about the problem. To enter into that peace when you start meditating on God's word. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind 
it stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's Isaiah 26 verse 3. Oh, man, I'm getting excited here. Oh, man, I'm getting excited here, innocent. That's so good. I mean, those are the ABCs of prayer. True prayers don't live in anxiety. And then they call it burden. <laughs> you don't live in that realm of anxiety. You can't. Let, let, me, let me ask you something here. Just think about we are the new covenant believers. True prayers, true intercession happen in his presence. I've taught over and over again praying from his presence. True intercession happens in his presence or from his presence, not outside. Not outside. Why? We've been called to come boldly to the throne of grace. Why would you be interceding from outside? Jesus said outside are dogs and all that. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, but you see, what? we can't. We have to end, know then how to enter into God's presence and activate like Psalm 91. We dwell right there. One thing that I really saw, and, and, and I crave for it, and that will be for the rest of my life. Let me put in this man. There are times and many times I experienced such presence in, in prayer and in my fellowship with the Lord that I so desire to walk that way 24 hours. And I have to strive for the rest of my life. That has to be all through. Just think, anyone who experiences such presence of God, you know, in prayer and all that, do you desire that? That should be that way when you're out there, when you're talking to the teachers, when you're talking with the brother, when you're talking with the children, when you're in the kitchen, when your husband looks like he's mad at you, and, and you're still just in that presence all through. You'll defeat the devil all through. Do you know that Psalm 91 that we're supposed to do? To dwell? Now look at this. I was, I was enjoying the presence of God and on and on and on until that person crossed over me, wanted to enter in. You see, that's not dwelling right there. Yeah. But thank God for repentance and the blood. Oh, forgive me for that selfishness. Okay. That's good. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Go to the next one. Finally, brethren, this is how now to guard that mind. That is how to experience the renewing of that mind. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Do you know, actually, even if you, are, you have a bill of a, a 20 million this evening, it's not the truth. The truth is the word. Huh? So thinking about, I wonder about that bill, what I'm going to do. That's not the truth. Do you know the truth is the word? Let me say something here. That's why confessing the word of God is too, so critical, because by confessing God's word, you are putting the answers in front of you or before you. While saying what you are saying, contrary to the word of God, you are putting the problem before you. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything 
praiseworthy, do what? Meditate on these things. Go to the Amplified Classic Version, the last scripture, the, the last meditate, it says fix, fix, fix. The Amplified Version, it says this, fix your minds on them. Fix, wataka kujua kiswahili, ya semaji. Bandika, ubongo wako wapo wapo, just kidding. Fix your mind right there. Just fix your mind. Fix your mind. When you fix it, you fix that mind right there. Anyone who've ever dealt with a situation and used your faith, and it came to a place that you didn't worry, you didn't fear. <laughs> Just that's it. I remember years ago dealing with a certain situation, and then. Uh, I kept dealing, I kept moving, I kept believing, I kept moving in a certain direction, and it was good. Until one Friday, I remember it was on a Friday, I could tell I went through. My faith was not as strong. Then we sat down, I told Pastor Carla, I think it was 2013, uh, and I could tell I was discouraged. No, 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 I remember that day. I don't, I don't think you mind me saying this, Steve. Uh, but we had gone for the burial of uh, Steve's father, Inyeri. In, uh, that's 2013 September, so it was September. We went for the burial. Then I, was, I got a call from that situation that we'd be dealing with. And I got a call. You know the way you are just more natural than spiritual? I think that's where I was. And I didn't guard my mind and boom, the care of it came upon me. So the following day I told Pastor Carl, and you know what I transferred care. That's what you do many times. My friend, I want to share with you something. And your friend goes, the, 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 the face goes this way. <laughs> <laughs> Two of you have long faces. <laughs> I just had a lady, I'll never forget, years ago, she, I helped her. Literally, God used me to help her. Literally. And then before she had fully recovered, she went to counsel someone. Oh, goodness. And she had things she thought she had become so strong. She called me crying. All the burden of that person she was counseling came upon her. And she was so overwhelmed. I said, you made such a mistake because you don't have the strength right now to do the counsel, to counsel anyone. Now, do you know what it did? It was bringing back her own issues, which are actually had been behind her. So, 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 so look at this then. So what, that's what I did, and many times you, you all do that. So I transferred that pastor car, and then that weekend, remember your pastors, that's Friday, Saturday, and then we are coming to preach on Sunday. It was bad. It was really difficult. And then on Monday... I woke up, and I didn't wake up early. I was tired. You know, when we were handling those things, you were really getting tired. And then on Monday, I woke up, and I got into the water a little bit and activated my faith, and joy filled my heart. I remember smiling about that whole situation. I remember Norman coming in, in the house in the morning, and I, and I said, Norman, this is already done. I'm so sure about that. I got the answer that day. We moved a certain direction. It wasn't disastrous as it looked. We move forward, and I'm here today. Amen. See what I'm saying there? 
fix your minds on them. Okay, let's go to First Peter and finish this. And these people go start celebrating their mashuja day early. <laughs> Whatever you do pre-mashuja day. <laughs> but look at this in Second Peter. Are you getting something out of this? Are you learning something out of this really? That really will help you? And, 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 and increase your peace on a daily basis. That has to be. We cannot be anxious like the world. You cannot look like we're desperate like the world. No, not at all. The Israelites were not awake in Egypt when all those plagues were happening. They slept. Frogs were everywhere and among the Egyptians, not to the land of the, 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 the Israelites. I mean to the houses of the Israel people. That's how it's supposed to be as believers. Grace and peace be multiplied. You in the knowledge of God and Jesus of our Lord. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You may be asking like where are these all things that I'm, I've, I've been given and I haven't received them. Faith is a substance of those things. The substance of all these things is what? Faith. The connector there is faith. Faith, don't forget this. Go there to Hebrews 11, 1, over and over again until it just dawns in you. The entrance of his word gives what? Light. And it gives the understanding the simple. It, it, over and over again to that, to that, that scripture, Hebrews 1, 11, 1, and you start realizing faith is a substance of all these things. To be a partaker of all these things is by faith. Through the knowledge of him. The knowledge of him. How does that knowledge come? The word of God. Coming over and over again, it gives you the knowledge of him. And what is coming at the same time? Faith. Have you ever heard say, no, I know that man, he cannot do that. I know that man, he cannot do that. What is that? Your faith in them. You know them. I know my wife. He cannot lie about you. You see that? And lie to you or say, oh, he cannot do, she cannot do that. You see that? So what you do? You have faith in, in what they, can, they are able to do. So what, how much more having faith in God? So he says this. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which he has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. It's worth knowing the promises. When we know the promises, we can pray them. When we know the promises, we can have faith in the promises. You, you see that? And, and an example like, like first him, you know, I, I will, and by... But this come, coming Sunday, I'll be giving such and such a thing. So you see, he has known I've given him the promises. He knows I'm of integrity. He will tell Jerida this, this, <laughs> this evening. Pastor said he's going to do this. But, but look at this. Because I have made known to him the promise. I've promised. So he can have faith in that promise. So if you don't know the promise, you can have faith in the promise. Because you don't know it. Does that Make faith. You see, when I say it, 
then that could, should create, oh, he's going to do that. What is he doing? He's, he's, he's thinking, by Sunday, I'll have that, what each person say. But if I haven't given it, he doesn't have anything to f- anchor his faith on. or any, He doesn't have even any basis of faith. When the word of God comes to you because it's the promise of the Father, what it does when you know the promise, it grants you faith. What does it do? It helps you in praying that promise. Because rightfully so, he can come and, and respectfully so, he can come on Sunday and ask me, Pastor, did you bring what you said you're going to bring to me? It's not being disrespectful, it's because I promise. What about our Heavenly Father? Because we know the promise is rightful so you can say, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know the promise. You can claim it. You can say it with confidence. No devil, God says this and I'm not going to accept that. You see, you can even stop the devil because you know the promise. If you don't know it, you can say it. You have no basis for your faith. I preach so good, that, but you are saying amen very, very in your heart. <laughs> in which you have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world. So listen to this. Faith is the substance of all these things I've already said, that God has given them freely to us. Faith is the substance. And then I'll, I'll finish with these two statements. There's enough faith in every promise of God. Remember, I said that. To cause it to come true in your life. There's enough faith in every promise of God. Because the word of God is filled with faith. The word of God is filled with faith. So let's go to, to, to that scripture again in, in John 15, verse 7. Then I think will wind up. The Passion Translation. 15.7 If you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you. Have you seen that part of that the word living powerfully within you? Then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Again, what desire, the desire becomes, your desires becomes the word. You want the word of God to be fulfilled. Compassion becomes a reality. I was talking to the KSCF, those who, who, who participate in KSCF this past uh, Sunday, I was talking to them. And, and I was talking from that scripture um, in, uh, what's that, in Matthew, I think Matthew chapter 9, or chapter, chapter 9, I think, uh, was talking about the the laborers are few. The harvest is plenty. The laborers are few. Pray for the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth the laborers. But before then, the Bible says this, he was moved with compassion because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. Now, started talking about our youth. You know, start looking at schools and all what is happening. You actually, if you, you dwell in the presence of God and you live by the word of God, you are moved with compassion. You see the need for them to be helped. I mean, my, my wife works in a girls' school, and, and she tells me things that 
you know, like counseling girls and them talking to her, and, and you, you feel bad. But mostly, listen to these parents and, and aspiring parents, mostly, mostly those issues are from unstable homes. Those children are from unstable homes. I call it the nests are not in place. Stable homes bring forth, bring up, raise up stable mind. Mind, children with stable minds and, and pursuing the, the will of God for their lives. The compassion, even in prayer, increases with the revelation of the word of God. Have you ever prayed anything without your heart in it? I have. Yeah, Father, bless those Chinese. Praise God. <laughs> you, 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 you can do those things without, without, without even the heart in it. You haven't even entered into the spirit of it. Um, well, let me finish this. Let's go to John 6.63. Talking about the heart. <clears throat> John 6.63. Jesus said this in the New King James Version, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And then he says this, the words that I speak to you are spirit and their life. Now think about the word of God indwelling inside of you. What's that? The word of God is spirit life. Remember what I said? Spirit life. Because it says the words are spirit, my words are spirit and their life. The word of God is spirit life. It's a spiritual energy inside of you. So what, is, what, what happens when you start praying concerning a situation? You're praying the word. You've been meditating on it and on and on and on. It's, there's faith that has been formed inside of you, in your heart. When you pray them out, they have weight in the spirit realm. They have weight. Someone may say the same words and they mean nothing to them. But because they've become part of you, remember being united, join, you know, with him, in union with him, that those words abiding, that word that he uses there, then they become part of you. So when you say something, it has weight in the spirit. And people go, wow. Same thing, by the way, songs and all that and on and on and on. Some can, someone can sing, you know, they, they really have a sweet voice, and, and all, but they have, they, those words don't mean anything to them, and they can sing it. And, and people say, uh, people can do this. Usually it's this. <laughs> clap when they're done. But there's someone who sings that same song, was revelation of those words. People stand up and start singing with that individual, and start singing and start singing. And it's not over yet. So when people clap when you are done, think again. <laughs> if they get into it when you're still going on, you know you are into it. Amen? Did you receive anything tonight? Those are ABCs of prayer. You need to have faith and in, in God and, and, and have that peace just carrying you all the time. I emphasize this. You need to, to live in the life, the life of peace. 
you, hey, he paid the price, big price for you to live in turmoil. You can't even read the Bible and really understand it and get the spirit life out of it if you are in that fear and turmoil and worry. That's not God. So take you off peace by faith. Stand up on your feet, please. Thank you, Father. Well, praise God. I did my ABCs of faith, our ABCs of prayer. <laughs> Just thank the Lord and bless him. I mean, not as much of pray tonight, but just go ahead and praise him and thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Just as you meditate on those words that you've heard tonight, just go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Just, just like you're musing over these words. Lord, Shandamaya, Angayandia. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for every promise that you have given to us is because of your love. You loved us. And because of that love, you've given us exceeding great and precious promises. That by them we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Father, I pray that for each each and every one of us that there may be a freshness the freshness of these promises and father an assurance in the hearts of your people of how much you love them you see he promised because he loves you and you have to to pay attention to his love and believe in his love and know that whatever promise that the Father has given to you is because he loves you. And remember, he didn't just say it for the sake of saying it. He said it because he so desires for you to walk in it and experience it. So approach, start more and more approaching the Father with such an assurance that, such an assurance in your heart that he loves you. That's very important. That, Father, you love me. You love me. And, and, and get rid of condemnation, shame, guilt, even of things that have happened in your life in the past. And start drawing from that love. Your Father loves you. Receive that into your heart. Your father loves you. And he gave the promise to you because he loves you. I do believe and it's the truth. He so desires for every promise to be fulfilled in your life than even you know. Because every promise of his to you is backed up by his love. 
You know, someone can promise you something, but he doesn't care whether we receive it or not. But this one is the Father. His love. He gave the promise and he did it because he loves you. That should bring an end to every struggle in our lives. And faith should rise in our hearts that my Heavenly Father loves me. Father, may the revelation of your love be real in the hearts of minds of your people. Receive his love. Receive his peace. Receive his peace. He's a prince of peace and he says he shall be in the midst of us every time we gather. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Thank you for your peace upon God's people. You are the prince of peace. I rebuke fear. I rebuke anxiety. I rebuke every time. Peace be still in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your peace, Father. Thank you for your mercy for your grace we worship and honor you for everything that you've done in our midst this evening in Jesus name let me read to your scripture in first sermon concerning uh, you know the story of Hannah she couldn't get children and in fact when uh, when Eli when uh, Eli, Eli spoke to, to her. She looked like she was actually <laughs> drunk. Let's start verse, verse 14, verse 14. So Eli, oh, look at verse 12, quickly. And it happened as, as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli washed her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she was drunk. That's First Samuel chapter 1. Did I say chapter? Yes, chapter 1. Verse 14, so Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Verse 15, but Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. Do you see that? She was a woman of sorrowful spirit. She called herself that, and that's what she carried. I've drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a, a wicked woman. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Did you see how, you know, really turmoil in her life? Grief, complaint, and then sorrowful spirit. Then Elias answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition. Remember, see petition again. Remember First John 5, 14. Uh, and, and, and 15 and also we, we read I think Philippians 4 then Eli, Eli answered and said go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him look at verse 18 
And she said, let, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. That's when you know you have something. It's no longer trouble. Remember all the words that she used. Maybe if you find the Hebrew language, those are heavy words. In sorrowful spirit, murmuring, complaint, grief. But the Bible says after that, her face was no longer sad. I tell people this, and it's very true. If, if I can see trouble on your face, you are not able to deal with that issue. You better get help from someone else. And when you're asked by someone, man, I can tell your trouble. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. No, no, you aren't. I've seen that many times. <laughs> I say that to say, you look troubled. I'm okay. I know what I'm talking about. You look troubled. But I'm okay. What is it that is bothering you? <laughs> you know the person can't deal with that issue anymore. <laughs> Let me give you a little story. Uh, when we got married the first first months, I think, I went one evening in the house. And Tina, I looked, Tina said, you don't look okay, honey. She said, I'm okay. Honey, don't look okay. Later on, you know, God steal the kitchen. And you, I'm okay, honey. I said, you just don't look okay, dear. She says, I'll deal with it. He said, you can't. I said, you can't. If you knew how to deal with it, you couldn't have been showing it over your face. All over your face. You can't. I said, honey, I'll deal with it. I said, fine, woman. <laughs> I didn't say that. But let me tell you something, dear. We ate and finished. Say, even if you are going to stay here until 2 a.m., I must know what it is because you are not able to deal with it. Both of us don't remember even what it is. It was. We don't. It was nothing. But she said it and we took authority over it and we slept. Thank God we didn't wait until 2 a.m., but I meant it. You know why I did that? Because I didn't want to have a house that I go to the house and somehow we can't talk. And it's been that way all the years. We've never gone to the house and we can't talk to each other. We dealt with the root. All right, did you get something tonight? <laughs> You're sad no more. This is my point here. Don't ever forget this. When we enter into the rest of God, you're no longer sad. You know you have the petition that you've asked of Him. You are in faith. And listen, anxiety lives. Your thoughts may try to come, but you anchor your faith and your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. He loves you. Church, He loves you. Amen. Amen. When you give Him praise, even as we give to our heart.